dream it's true we're back with a new episode of the it's canon podcast the podcast that talks about everything geek the podcast that talks about everything pop culture the podcast that talks about anything and everything because it's all in canon we're your hosts i'm boris and as always i am joined by phil hello hello it's good to be back we missed you dearly we really did we really did but sometimes we need a break it's summer, you know, because families are actually able to see each other. I think we've been taking advantage of that. So this week, we're going to be talking about domestic box office. We're going to be talking PS5 and semiconductors. We're also going to be talking about something that we had mentioned would be an issue. And guess what, Phil? It was an issue. And that is the lawsuit of Scarlett Johansson versus Disney and how messy gonna get and we're gonna talk about the bigger effects um in the movie industry yeah um it's kind of the writing's been on the wall with this pandemic right yep. and we've we've chatted about it before and it's gonna be fun to get into it because but here's the thing it looks like there's a lot of mud coming from both sides but here's the thing isn't it funny that it's just disney getting these lawsuits and not wb we're going to talk about that because I find that very interesting yeah. because it just goes to show you, um, you know, the promises that Disney makes to their people. And, you know, let's just we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit, but we know that Disney doesn't like paying out royalties. It's funny for such a big company, you'd think that this would be the easiest thing for them to solve. It quite literally is. All your problems go away if you just throw cash at it. And yeah, what literally, potentially, literally, do literally, you make? a company that can almost buy anyone is yeah. fighting millionaires over penny change for Disney's pockets. Yeah, it's it's such a bizarre thing. It yeah. is so mind bending, and I guess we'll we will get into it. But the only thing that I can plant right now would be i think they're worried about the the implications it it might be pennies a glass right now in the whole thing of it but i think they're just looking future wise yep, they are maybe thinking that that's going to become a large percentage of business of course it just goes to show you right it goes to show you not only the success 
that this project has, or this test pilot has been, but it kind of goes to show you, you know, the mentality of this. But anyways, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Phil, it has been a couple weeks. We barely talk now, and it's mainly because we leave our talk into the show. Um, obviously, we have our personal conversations, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada over the boring stuff, um, but we don't have our day-to-day talk anymore. So how are you? What's new? What's going on? <laughs> You know, I, I sometimes I miss it, Boris, and then I think, oh man, we we got to get the show going. Um, I've been watching, and I've I've told you, I've been watching a lot of TV. You have been because that last episode, you and Tyler introduced a series of things to me where I'm like, oh, I've been asleep at the switch here. So I finished off season two of Mythic Quest. I'm obviously loving and watching uh, Ted Lasso. Yep. I've watched the new Suicide Squad movie. Yep. I've watched a number of things that way, but I think the most surprising follow-up that I can bring to you right now is I watched the Anthony Bourdain Roadrunner movie. Yes. Same here. And, yeah, I'd, I'd love to talk to you about you perceive as happening in it because i'm 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 fresh off of the watch and i'm confused yeah but here's the one thing, thing here's the well, thing about roadrunner like, so roadrunner is the yeah. anthony bourdain documentary we had talked about it a few weeks ago because it did have some controversy because ai created speech um ai created lines for anthony bourdain now What's interesting about this movie is, I don't know why, in my mind, I knew it was going to be a little bit more about him, a little bit more about, you know, the bigger picture stuff in his life. But for some reason, I think myself, sounds like you, I know other people who have watched it, and we were all kind of expecting a bigger, more intimate episode of his CNN series. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, when I think about, I guess... Anthony at his height, it was that. And they did acknowledge it. Yeah. But they it wasn't as much of a part of the movie as I thought it would have been. Yeah. It was obviously a lot of deep dive on his the the beginnings of his success yes. and how he dealt with them. Yeah. Right. And I did find it interesting for that. I was kind of thankful that it wasn't CNN. In fact, I almost felt like they were backhandedly saying that the CNN stuff was kind of crap. Like they they were they were pretty heavy about the last season being a dog pile because of where Anthony's head was with the crew and with the changes and the firings and and all of that stuff. They were really saying that he was veering the truck off the road, and that should have been a warning sign. Yeah. And I, I don't disagree with it. Like, hey, look, I expected it to be. I was shocked by the amount of stuff that Anthony narrated in his own movie. Right. Like and that AI stuff definitely was in there. But I didn't think that there was anything that I heard Anthony say that didn't have. It's hard because it's misleading, but it didn't have a ring of truth like that would be something Anthony would say. And. I think that's the issue, right? I think that's part of the issue, right? Is the fact that it is. It's it's so convincing. Yeah. 
But in the but, grand scheme of things, I don't think it changed the narrative. You know, when we were talking I, about this yeah. AI stuff, we were talking about the possibility of people creating their own narrative, right? Like, we know that the big companies like the NFL, WWE, other big um, conglomerates like that, they love to recreate um, history and tell it from their point of view. You know, that famous saying, you know, history is written by the winners, right? Um, mm-hmm. We see it. We see it in the NFL. We see it in WWE. We see it with Disney. Um, so it's interesting because, it, like I said, it does sound like something that Anthony Bourdain would say, um, but it's not necessarily him saying it. It's not coming from his heart. It's not coming from his words. So that's kind of like where it can, can, it can get messy because essentially the way that I saw it, understood it, was the directors had a clear path that they wanted us to go down and they kind of used a lot of blurbs that he said um, and and kind of just and it's just a sprinkling of AI stuff I'm not it's not the main stuff but it's a sprinkling of it but it still does help tell the narrative that the directors wanted to go down and that yeah, is like- we as a society should have been nicer we as a society should have seen stuff we as a society are at fault essentially for what happened to anthony bourdain yeah i I just felt like similar to what you're saying i just felt like whatever he was ai imposed as of as saying was something that he probably already said and it fit the film better to shorten it and to put it on point a little more because to actually capture the quote or the context of the quote would have been tough with Anthony's words, right? Like I think they had sound bites that said things. And then they said, well, can we shorten that to be this blurb and get our point across or reinforce this, this value issue or ethical issue in the movie? I don't felt like they exploited it to mislead the audience. At least that was my take on it. Now there's going to be litigation on this that would, seemingly argue otherwise i don't know what the fury is about is it about the fact that there's an ethical issue is it about the fact that they misrepresented an issue and what body of evidence is there to say because to be honest i thought it was a pretty good movie yeah i came out of it having a feeling a great appreciation much more appreciation for a man that i already thought highly of i think that they really like to draw the attention to the fact that he was a recovered junkie yeah, and that they felt like that was being ignored in his life. Right. Like in the yeah, telling of his story for sure, and things like that. But we've also read K- kitchen confidential. We've also read all of his books and already have that understanding of his history. Whereas I think the casual viewer may not know it. And this movie is a great yeah, way to, this is my issue stuff. with this Phil. Okay. We knew we read his book, but I don't know him personally. I can't email him, call him, and say, hey, are you okay, buddy? You know, I, I kind of yeah. feel like the directors were, were trying to pivot this and blame the pressures that the public put imposed on him as this celebrated um, graduate of the kitchen, a graduate of, of, of you know, of, of clean living now and, and drugs and things like that or the perceived clean living, and it's our fault that we brought him back down to that level, not people who worked with him not his family not his managers not his you know it's it's like i kind of feel like they're they're trying to mix this up and they're trying to create the story where okay yes we do need to see the um 
the warning signs more. And, you know, from a friendship point of view, if, you know, if I feel like you're not doing well, I will reach out. If I feel like Tyler's not doing well, I will reach out, you know. But I feel like the narrative that they're trying to go with in this movie, Roadrunner, is that it's our fault that this happened to Anthony Bourdain. And I feel like they kind of miss out on the take this example and pursue it in your own life with your own friends with, you know, especially now that the pandemic is happening as a, and, and, but it was more like, it is your fault. This happened to Anthony Bourdain. Well, I, I, I see what you're saying. And I, I guess that was in couched in the movie a little, a little bit, maybe wrongly. So, but I overwhelmingly took the, the regret and the feedback and the, 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 dooming of anthony to be the fault of his third relationship the fault of they didn't call him out on his erratic behavior with his own camera crew and production staff and i felt that all the chefs david and and all those guys really felt that they wished that they had reached out as people who could contact anthony bourdain right and recalling their last conversations with him and the context within I felt that there was real pain there and admission for me anyway, but these are all really complicated emotions. Yeah. I do think that you're right, that it was an excellent platform to capitalize on promoting better mental health for everyone. And I wish that they would have promoted, even though they did a little bit, but I watched the end credits and whatnot. And they obviously had messages of contacting a suicide hotline if you're at all feeling vulnerable to this type of stuff and i can't say that enough for all of our listeners and everybody else who might trip across this show that if you're not feeling well if you're having these issues we've all had friends and family who have been conflicted with this god forbid they take their own life but don't be that person don't leave behind the legacy of guilt because that was the, another overwhelming thing, like watching Octavia digest the death of Anthony and taking some responsibility for not being more involved in his yeah. life. Yeah. Right. Like those were all heartbreaking moments for me. And yeah. there's nothing to hide here. You know, they open the movie and they go, why do you want to make this movie? He killed himself. Like, yeah. you know, surprise. But, that's but the, the ending of this. We know that's, that. That's the thing. Right. And I'm not trying to like shit on the movie. I just feel no. like they could have done a better job of telling his story yeah. and then kind of saying, we don't want this to happen to other people. So, you know, if you yeah. see these warning signs with other people or you feel, you know, like the world is crushing in on you, go seek help. That's the part, that's the disconnect yeah. that I had with this movie, right? Yeah, that was a huge platform to do it on. And you know what? Like, in my world this week, I've seen, or these past two weeks, I've seen something blow up that... In my world, it was probably a pretty big deal. I don't think the rest of the world really realized much or had this reaction to it on Twitter that was comical at best in a very cynical way. And that was apparently Muppet Babies had an episode where it's an animated show mm -hmm. and Gonzo was in a dress. And a lot of reaction to this from people with bloody check marks on Twitter saying that it's a transgender, you know, agenda. The, agenda, the agenda, trying to tell kids that 
if you dress like a woman, you're going to be a trans and all this. Like, it's the Muppets, people. I've seen so much energy being spent by people who exist in positive, happy spaces defending this. And it's not something that should need to be defended. Gonzo's always been a weirdo. He's an alien who has relations with Yep. Can you tell me at what point that would ever be normal in the 70s or the 80s? Like, he's a weird alien dude who is who has dressed in drag in the past yep, exactly will dress in drag in the future and it has nothing to do with the paranoia that is the overreaction of the world dude when it comes to this yeah it's funny because we we talked about this two or three weeks ago we were making jokes mm -hmm. about this that this was going to come and here we yep. are and it's been rolling out in a delayed reaction like as each big personality i i don't even want to bring up the specifics because I don't want to draw attention to these people, but their reaction on Twitter was horrendous. And yeah, we did think that it was going to be something. I just wanted to remark on the fact that Here's it is. And I've seen people's mental health being affected At the by same it. time, we have a, I'm going to call a revolution or an evolution of the way that we perceive pro athletes or athletes in general as Simone Biles bowed out of the competition because... You know, she felt the pressures. She needed to take a step back. So the same group of people that were shitting on Gonzo saying we shouldn't teach shit that this is the trans agenda. You know, we have them at the same time saying, grow the fuck up, Simone Biles. You let your country down. It's like it's just fucking yeah. insane that it's the same people doing the exact same thing, attacking people over and over and over over again and the, you know what the best part of this whole Simone Biles stuff is is that she came back and she still won a medal yep like honestly I've never seen it before with an athlete um, we also had the, the woman in tennis that recently got upset at the French Open because yep. she didn't want to do press conferences yep, Naomi Osaka yep. yeah they were affecting her mental health I applaud these people as the true champions that they are medalists finalists or not yep. just the fact that they came out publicly defending themselves and what's, defending their mental health what's interesting is that the anti-cancel culture people are the ones shitting on simone biles yeah naomi osaka wanting to cancel them yeah go it's figure just a messed up thing man it's so meta <laughs> isn't it isn't it you know, these are the same people who canceled the Dixie Chicks back in 2003 when they spoke mm -hmm. out against the Iraq War. Yep. It's just, man, oh, man, the echo chamber. Okay, anyways, we're getting a little Oof, too deep in the there. I love the internet. Uh, yep. I know, and like, you know, and that's the thing. Like, at the end of the day, it's the internet. Um, man, I keep seeing this meme. Like, what's the thing that we invented that we completely ruined? The amount of times that I open this thread and the amount of people that say, Twitter, social media, Twitter, social media, you know, like it's true. <laughs> um, and it's because now you have the ability to hide behind a keyboard and stay anonymous to a certain extent. Right. Yep. And that seems to give people the power, you know, like like He-Man's sword, um, you know, gives them the power to 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 be dicks. Yeah, it, it's it's maddening right we've it's, seen it firsthand i i've I felt it firsthand yeah oh yeah it's 
it's kind of funny. I got a text or a uh, direct tweet message today about our past lives. Oh yeah, and our disappearances. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just somebody bemoaning the fact that they no longer engage with the group because they miss the old days. Well, I get those from time. I get those actually. Yeah. It's it's funny. I get those quite a bit, and it makes me laugh just because it's like, you people are the people who forced me to leave, and now you like question why I completely disappeared. Yep. And the funny thing is, you were there all along. Yep. Yeah, I just did. I just wasn't the face of stuff anymore. Anyways, but um, so yeah, so that Muppets baby thing kind of made me laugh. Uh, we touched on the sports stuff. Congratulations to all of Canada, and you know. A sport that we personally love, the Canadian women's national team finally getting that gold, finally beating the Americans. Christine St. Clair finally fucking did it. Yeah, I'm glad. I, I, I actually openly wept at the result of that game just because it was such an emotional thing to see them finally acclimate that, you know, that that medal and not have to settle for second best because yep. I know that we're really great at being gracious losers. Yeah. Um, and we've been handed our hat as, as a team and as a country many times in many world platforms, but it was just really great to see the happiness on those players faces when they got that gold and it's their achievement. And we all very much appreciate all of their dedication over years of work like that that's the part that's emotional for me is seeing christine sinclair who has been doing that role for as long as i've known about women's soccer in canada yep you know the greatest and scary and most amazing part is this some of the people who won with christine sinclair the reason why they're playing soccer the reason why they pursued soccer football what a call it culture call it whatever the fuck you want um, is because they were there and were heartbroken in 2012 in London when the Americans beat the Canadians in a very controversial game. A lot of these girls saw Canada then go on to win the bronze after, you know, being kicked in the literal balls or the figurative brawls, I should say. Um, ended up winning the ended up winning the bronze, and and you know it was the first time that Canada actually did something like and that's the thing you know it always makes me laugh about this this whole uh you know the under support not makes me laugh makes me angry i should say the under support that the women's national program gets because here in canada in the states the women have actually won and done stuff even in the states even in the states the women have won women's world cups the women have won gold medals what the fuck have the men done you know here in canada here in Canada, the women have brought medals. The women have qualified for the World Cup. And we still laugh at that game. And the reason why I say this is because, as I was saying, there are women who played, or sorry, who were watching that game in 2012, saw us win the bronze. They said, you know what? This is a sport I want to pursue. And these are the, some of the same girls who watched that game from home in 2012 were on the field Playing with Christine St. Clair, winning a gold medal. That's why we need to support these teams more. Yeah, well, I, I, I think that, you know, Canada soccer, I could get into a whole political kerfuffle about that. But 
I just think that they undervalue the assets that they have. Of course. In the women's game. And always have. And You're in Canada, continue. we undervalue, unless it's hockey, we undervalue all yeah. sports. Let's be honest here. We undervalue yep. everything unless it's hockey. Like, literally, we are the only country in the world who gives a shit about the world juniors every year. You, yep. know, why the, hey, you hey. know why the Americans care? Because they want to beat Canada. That's the only yeah, reason some Americans care. It's funny, though, too, because you saw that reaction by some of the U.S. players to being beaten by Canada in these Olympic soccer events that they had really poor reactions. Rapine, the, the, the Rapid, captain. Yep. Yeah, what, I, I just see the name with the yep, car. Yep. She's got the crazy hair. And she she's a spokesperson for Subway and stuff like this. And now Subway are reevaluating her deal and stuff just due to some of the backlash. It all goes back to Gonzo and address, but <laughs> it does anyhow, actually. I it does. I know. I read enough about it where I was just like, "Oh my dear lord!" But it was. It was just every athlete's going to regret those comments. Here's the I thing, but but also also we live in a world where we need to talk to people right after the game. So after a crushing <laughs> fucking defeat, we got to know how you feel. You think these people are in a mental state to actually? give you how they really feel they're going to tell you how they feel at that moment yep you know (laughs) here's the thing hold on hold on Uh, damn i'm a little feisty today um yeah you know going back to the world juniors and hockey it's the same fucking way canadians react when they lose to the states yep so any canadian who is saying shame on you american ladies Watch in January when the States beats Canada in the World Juniors. Just watch how the Canadians react. Let's put, let, I, I just want to put some, stim, some things into yep. perspective. You are 100% right. And, you know, it just, it does make me laugh, though, because I know that we've been through the ringer with the media and this sport and like soccer in general. And I know I frustrated a lot of interviews because, we can manage the interviews, if you know what I mean. We can boss an interview to whatever direction we want to go to the point where if the interviewer doesn't like where we're going with it, they just unplug. Mm-hmm. They're just like, all right, I'm going to stop asking. Or it questions. gets edited, which is why yeah, or it we gets really only edited. asked to go live. Yeah, exactly. And the funny thing is, is that out of all that, like, this is that exact situation of it. Like, this is the Rod Black delivering the interview after the game. They, they're they in such pursuit of a real reaction. Then they get upset when they get one. Like, it's just hilarious to me because I'm like, they're not in a position to answer that. And if they do answer it, they're going to, their emotions going to answer, but not their heart. It's you funny know what because, I mean? like, putting it to our point of view, the reason why a lot of interviewers would get upset with Phil and I is because... Um, the owners of TFC is MLSC, who also own a lot of the media companies. Um, at, and it, they were okay at first, but it was as the yeah. deal was getting closer to happen, you know, that's when they were getting a little more upset because it was the power. We, now we were talking about the powers that be. Now yep. we're shitting on the powers that be and their bosses. So they don't want their CEO who might be listening in his office and saying, why are they talking shit about us, right? So it's just kind of funny. And again, you just have to kind of follow 
the money and follow where the message is coming from. But it just goes to show you how, you know, the media and whatnot works. Yeah, we've been betrayed so many times by reporters, by interviews and whatnot that we learned. <laughs> it's to the point now, you know, like when I retired from that aspect of my life, I know they won't call me anymore because they didn't like calling me in the first place because I was one step ahead of them. Yep. There's a couple that that still talk, like you know regularly reach out. Yeah, um, we have our friends. We have our right? friends. One of them being Nathan Downer, who's actually anchor of CTV News now. Yep. No, he was a good one. He was a great you know, John one. John Molinaro. John Molinaro. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, and then you have uh, the flip side, people who now yeah. directly work with TFC and used to talk so much shit about TFC, which is kind of funny how it works. I know, Mister Gareth Wheeler. <laughs> Yep. I have made up with he I had a dinner with him you know, at a soccer event and we did kind of decide that we were going to move past all that stuff but that he was in a position where he wasn't going to be asking for an interview anyway so yep. I was just like and I'm glad he, he made it through all of his struggles and whatnot because yep. he had some and health issues there so, so I know it wasn't this is ever very- about Sport-centric, Canada-centric, soccer-centric. But the part that I was actually the most proud of is that it was Nigel Reed who got the call for that gold medal game. Yep. I was very happy to see Nigel get that. Yeah. yeah. And, and even Andy getting the job on the covering it for the CBC. <laughs> I know she's got a gig over at One Soccer. It honestly um, feel it felt like year one, year two, like even when we were running yeah. the show like throughout the those years right um uh, you know it those are the people that we communicated regularly with nigel reed andy petrello yep and i i did a lot with john as well i got a text one night at 2 a.m and i'm like the heck is going on here and it's a friend of mine anders who is now writing for the cbc asking for information about something and he's like so sorry i'm covering tokyo live yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> and I, I helped him with his university stuff. <laughs> that's amazing. Just goes to show you, right? Yeah. Goes to show you. That's why. Gotta be nice to people. Anyways, um, yeah. so you've been watching a lot of TV. What else have you been doing? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I haven't been reading much. Oh, gaming. Oh, my gosh. Have I ever beat the crap out of Xbox? Microsoft are going to be sending me a, a letter as well as my... ISP about so, my internet. Usage. I love it. So you sent, sorry for bringing into the mic, folks. So you sent me a message late last week on the weekend. I don't even remember. Honestly, everything just blends in together at this point about um, upgrading the drive. What you did? Yes. I bought the infamous, the most expensive one terabyte drive of all time in the Seagate SSD expansion card for the Xbox. Series S, because let's face it, folks, I'm not going to find a Series X anytime soon. And when and if I do, I can then have an extra terabyte for that that can just transfer right over. So all that being said, it performs well. It's a well-built little thing. It even comes with its own cover for when you shove it in a pocket and away you go. Um, And you can install the games directly onto it. And they're going to play in that same speedy zest that the regular ssd provides so i've in essence like tripled the memory almost of what was available of the half terabyte that it ships with 
but after the OS and whatnot, you're really down to 300 gigabytes type thing. So it's kind of nice because I will say that Xbox, despite not having any huge games um, pointed at these new consoles, they do have an awful lot of retrofitted games. So like the Forza Horizon 4s, the Outriders, all this kind of stuff is there on Game Pass, downloadable in XS, extra enhanced versions. Mm-hmm. And they run really well. I got to say, this little console for being the underpowered little brother of the big fridge, um, it is way beyond any performance that I was expecting. I honestly... So, but here's the thing. But you, you haven't Xbox ran experience through... so bad. Right. That this is great. Okay. But you haven't... Sorry, can you repeat what you just said? Because we were talking over each other. Oh, sorry. I had such a terrible experience with the Xbox One series Mm -hmm. and the hard drive and even the performance issue of a granted seven-year-old console running stuff that the Xbox S is exceeding all expectations for performance. But have you played, you know, a heavy-duty game on it yet? Mm Mm-hmm. But not anything that I would consider is pushing it. Okay, see, that's what I... Oh, I'm going to wait for the verdict on that before I decide to get an S. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting that they decided to unlock my entire library, so stuff that used to need the game to be in like physically put in now just plays. There's decisions made by the fact that you have a discless console. Um, but I am playing things like Gears of War 5, which, to be fair, I think it's more in my TV. It mm-hmm. says that it can do 120 hertz. It passes the test, but it looked like junk. Mm-hmm. It did not play at 120 FPS. Um, so 60 is fine, and Gears of War 5 played well. Anything I've thrown at it, a flight simulator, yeah, that would be the one that is the hardest so far because it only plays on an X or S, so I stand corrected. And that experience is fantastic. However, they asterisk that game with, if you're going to play this and use this graphical mode, your internet connection is going to get chewed to shit. Yeah. Because we are going to stream all of the satellite content yes. to you. Yes. And I am shocked with how well it works. It looks buttery smooth. It flies at a lossless frame rate. Mm-hmm. And it's way it's way higher than 30 FPS instability. Yeah. And it even made me now more than the PS5 did, it's made me way more of a snob on FPS right now. I get where the, the hype is. Yeah, I get it. It just makes me laugh still. Yeah. Well, it's it's I don't know what they did to their chips or to this refinement of games that they have. But it looks, because I guess I have a direct comparison of the previous console playing that same game and thinking that was a good experience. And now playing it on this in mm-hmm. the SSD world with the frame rate, I'm like, whoa, like honestly, driving games now are so easy for me. I've had to change my difficulty settings off of settings that I've played with for years now. Mm-hmm. I'm having to upgrade it because I need more challenge because the road doesn't flicker, disappear, drop frames. I can see oncoming traffic way better. The experience is awesome. Mm -hmm. 
and it's in the same resolution. So the only thing that's different is the frame rate. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I really do. It's difficult to put your finger on until you experience this. No, right? no, I get it. I'm, it's just like for me, if the game runs well, I'm happy. That That's ultimately what I am. But I know that you have yeah. that experience now where you're making the comparison. So you're seeing the difference and how, why the improvement improvement is worthwhile. And that to me is part of the experience now. It's part of the pushing the game engine or not is can it hold a sustained frame rate? That's going to become really difficult at the later parts of the life cycle of this console work. Mm -hmm. Because as they load more graphics and 8K and all this other garbage in, obviously something's got to cut, and that's going to be the stability. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's talk movies. Number <laughs> one on the 30 se 32nd? Yeah, that... No? What? Sure, weekend 32 of 2021. That makes sense, actually, wow. now that I think about it. I don't know why I'm doing this. I might cut this from the show. No, I'm not. Anyways, 32nd weekend of 2021, Suicide Squad ended in number one with 26,250,000. In 4,002 theaters. Now, most internet places are reporting that they think that this movie flopped. Yep. It flopped according to the interwebs. Now, yeah, let's talk about this. Sound that bad. Let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. um, Black Widow opened with 30 million domestic in theaters. Now, I'm not saying this is the reason why, but if we take a look at COVID and we take a look at <laughs> cases and we take a look at numbers, and we take a look at mask mandates, and we take a look at how people react to mask mandates, I can see a shit ton of people not wanting to go to dank and moist theaters to watch a movie. Yes, it's only been a month, but literally, we are doubling, tripling, quadrupling in COVID cases by the day. Yeah. So, I, let's just have to look at the Twitter feed let's and how much this, hesitation yeah, there is. Let's put this in perspective. Black Widow... Week one opened with 30 million and the world was great. Right now, things yep. are in a bit of flux. Las Vegas, mask mandates. If you're going to SummerSlam, you're going to be in a crowd of 50,000 people because that's what, how many tickets they've sold so far. And everyone's going to have to wear a mask. Um, so Suicide Squad opened with 26,000 and a quarter million. 26 and a quarter million. Yeah. That's now, pretty good. Also, 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 this is a movie that had a simultaneous release in the States on mm -hmm. HBO Max where you don't have to pay any extra bullshit. That's the key. Okay, because Black Widow, yeah, cashes in 30 at the box office. And another but 30. But also cashed in another 30 on the barrel that Disney bent you over called Disney Plus, right? So they got you going both ways. If you want to watch it at home, 30 bucks, please. If you want to watch it on, on in the theater, you know, 40 bucks, please. Um, so I think that that's where Disney come out ahead in this. And Warner Brothers may get the flack for underperforming it. 
but I'll bet you more eyeballs watched it because of that HBO subscription. Yeah, they also don't have a shit ton of lawsuits on their head right now. But let's that that we'll talk yeah. about that in a little bit. Yep, and you know what? It's a good movie. Okay. Now that we're talking about Suicide Squad, let's talk about Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. If you haven't watched it, you know what? I'm gonna time this five minutes. We're gonna. I'm gonna give us five minutes starting now. All right, Suicide Squad. What did you think? I thought it was great. I thought it was fun. I it took a little while to get used to it, and then it was very much a James Gunn movie where they use soundtracks extremely oh. effectively. And I just thought that the characters, even though I don't even like some of the actors, just slammed it. Like yeah. John Cena. Everything about it was What did just I tell you fun. about him? What did I tell you about him? He, yeah, I don't. You know, he's, he's, I, I don't like him, but yeah, he's good at what he does. He's going to have his own series with that character. Yep. Peacemaker will have That's the series. The Eight episodes. Yep. All written, mostly directed, but all written by James Gunn. Um, and they say that it's going to be balls-to-the-wall action. Awesome. But it, it it just worked. The movie worked on so many levels. It didn't try to kill itself. It was just like, here's the comic book, which is violent, in-your-face, over-the-top. Here's the movie, which is violent, in-your-face, over-the-top. So, here's the thing. I was talking to this with someone yesterday and it was did you watch birds of prey yes I okay did. i like birds of prey a lot and there's yeah. a th- except uh, for the most part for the most part i didn't like some of the characterizations of the comic characters on with some people i also didn't like black mask too much but overall i thought it was a really well done movie because it embraced the zaniness that is dc when harley is involved um suicide mm-hmm. squad 100% embraced the craziness that is DC when Harley isn't involved. And also, Suicide Squad is Suicide Squad. Like One thing that I really appreciated about the movie were the costumes and how true to comic yeah. they were. And as out of place it looked, it just worked. Yep. It, 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 that's what I mean about just getting over it, right? Like You're yep. just like, okay, I have to suspend all ideas of reality at this point and embrace the absurdity that is going on about how they're conning these people into it and everything. I just felt like the first movie, one of the critiques I saw was that it didn't embrace the actual essence of the comic. I've not read the comic, so I have no basis of comparison to be disappointed with costuming or not. So I enjoyed birds of prey because, Hey, who doesn't like a good movie about Harley Quinn? Mm -hmm. Right. And with this one, it was the same thing. It was just like, Hey, guess what? That was fun. I don't have any expectations to compare it to. I just have this did it work or not feeling. And I'm I'm convinced. Like I'm I'm squarely in the camp of I did watch it over two watchings. I did take a break because it's a long ass movie. Um so the first half I was a little bit out like mm-hmm. and the second half was a total roller coaster. Mm-hmm. So yeah, congratulations. It's good to see DC do something it's good to hear that shit didn't get interfered with by executives and stuff like that like somebody had an idea about how they want to make the movie and largely they got to make that movie well that's exactly it right there you hit the nail on the head when you said that it was less interference from warner brothers from dc from um you know the powers that be at at&t 
Uh, so they were able to tell the creators were able to tell a story that they absolutely wanted, which is something that DC just needs to allow their people to do. And in my opinion, that is going to be the winning formula for DC. Embrace the wacky, embrace the zany, let your people do what they got to do, give them the power to do what they got to do. And you guys will be able to at least put up a good fight against the MCU because you know what my number one uh, um, uh, you know, thing about the MCU is right now is that they're constantly trying to work for the next big end of phase thing that it takes away creativity, power, control mm -hmm. to a lot of the directors. This is why there's churn and this is why certain movies right now, especially, I feel are kind of in flux because right now is everything needs to be multiverse, right? Yep. Yeah, this, this stands on its own. It is its own. Um, to a certain I, extent. Hey, to a certain yeah, extent. Yeah. How much fun was it that you had a big bad guy and a giant base starfish mm -hmm. like Starro? Mm -hmm. And how how exciting is it that Tika Watiti made a cameo in it? Like, there's so many things that were just fun to see. I, ten I, seconds. Yeah, I know. That's why I wanted to slip the Tiki Watiti in. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that. We're done our our Suicide Squad spoilers. Um, so we did leave it to five minutes. Uh, so, yeah. So overall, both <laughs> Phil and I liked it. Uh, we're going to move on. Um, so, yeah. So I don't know, man. All right. Let's talk about PlayStation 5s. So last week, uh, Sony CFO Hiroki Totoki um, mm. had it during the company's quarterly earnings call Totoki was asked about the global semiconductor shortage that has made pf5 stocks so hard to come by um, in response Totoki told investors that sony has not only set the target for the number of consoles it wants to sell this year but it has also secured all of the chipsets it needs to manufacture those consoles it's not entirely clear how many ps5 consoles ps or sony plans to ship but Totoki also confirmed that the target for this fiscal year, which ends in March 2022, is more than 14.8 million units. Just over 10 million consoles have sold since launch, so there could be a significant influx of new consoles over the next year. Congratulations. I hope it happens. Because mm -hmm. looking at the internet, obviously, you know, the urgency fell out for me thanks to you. Yep. Thanks for getting me connected with the box, with the with the console. But I see a lot of frustration out there on friends and people on Twitter and whatnot. And I just hope that this is real because the one thing I do recall hearing in the production of this console is they had a higher than what they expected failure rate yeah. on the chips that they did have. And they were blaming that on some of the shortages. So it wasn't even like, it was they couldn't get chips. It was the ones that they had were were not being installed correctly and frying them. So I hope that they have better control over the production line right now and a better estimate of what the failure rates will be for them in their post-test. But I hope that people get to actually move into next-gen gaming mm -hmm. and get to do it on their terms, right? Like not having to... God. You know, I hate that we have to say this again, but please just don't buy the scalpers consoles. Speak please. up. Speak up. 
please, please don't buy scalpers consoles. Yep. That's what I want people to know. Yep. Is that the more you feed that market, the more you draw it out where they're going to bought up and take those consoles and then try to resell them back to you. If you stop with that demand, guess what? You're going to get a consumer market re being reborn. So that's, that's long and short of it, people. Like there would be 10 million consoles that hit shelves if we stopped giving money to scalpers. Yep. Yeah, that's honestly the long and short of things. Like at the end of the day, like, you know, I don't think people realize that this semiconductor thing and how big the semiconductor thing I've talked about and I'll say it again. There are thousands and thousands of cars just sitting outside the Ford plant in Ontario because they have not finished the cars. The used car market is going to skyrocket, not only by consumers, but by people who want to reuse parts. Um, you know, computers, we've talked about it, both Phil and I at work, we're struggling to fulfill orders on new computers. You know, like your PlayStation, your, your, your beloved PlayStation 5 is the least of a lot of people's concerns. Um, you know, we just, 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 you, like, we, we talk about this in context typically to the new consoles. We've talked about it with other stuff. But you have to think about it. Literally everything, almost everything in this world now has a semiconductor. If you think about medical supplies, like, you know, we need to really evaluate yep. things right now. You know, so 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 as a human being, yeah, it's cool that people are going to be getting their PS5s. But is that really where we want the semiconductors to end up? That's where Sony not, wants them to end up. <laughs> I know, but I'm not, try, I'm not trying to, like, you know, be the, um, the negative Nancy True. here. It's just like, you know, as, as pissed <laughs> off as you're going to get because you don't have a PS5, I would rather that chip. And, I'm not, and, and I know it's easy for me to say this because I have a PS5. But the grand scheme of things, I would rather some of those chips go to life-saving things that we need. Yeah, but God forbid. I don't think we need another pickup truck right now on our road. No. I, I, the, <laughs> the cars thing, the is something is, I don't care about. Yeah. Now, I look at this thing like I have a friend at work who was who's going on vacation this week. And we can't travel to the States right now while you can fly. But he wanted to take his kid. And he's just like, hey, guess what? These All these border restrictions or COVID tests and everything. I'm just going to stay in country. So he made a plan to fly out to Calgary with his family, rent hotels, visit all these places where I'm like, hey, there's there's a lot of fires going on out there. But anyhow, he was they want to go to Alberta. Yeah, Alberta. Yeah, that's safe. Calgary. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you, you might have saved yourself a little bit of headache here, but he couldn't rent a car. Yeah. He had to ultimately cancel the vacation because there's not a rental car to be had yep. in Alberta. Yeah. And it's to the point where they, you know, some places that do have them are asking for six and seven hundred dollars a day mm -hmm. because of demand. And it's amazing to me. I'm like, you can't do anything right now because of how messed up the supply chains are. Mm -hmm. You know, people, as we've talked about, you can't get a laptop. As we see, you can't buy a truck. Uh, as we're experiencing, you can't even go on vacation. Yeah, it's tough. But again, I would like going on vacation. Yeah, that's that's beautiful and everything. But if our medical devices need that semiconductor, I would sure hope oh, yeah. that that gets a priority. 
Um, yeah, like those you know, ventilators. It's, well, that's the thing, right? Like, especially right now that, like, the medical industry, and we're talking, right now I'm talking frontline medical industry, hospitals and doctors, you know, they're taking an ass kicking right now. Um, hopefully they have enough stuff to get us through whatever, whatever the fuck is going to come now. Yeah, and here's the other thing that kind of gets me too. At the beginning of the pandemic, all we talked about was N95 masks. You know what? I still don't see many N95 or KN95 masks being readily available on the market. Now, Mm -hmm. granted, I'm not trying to turn over stones looking for them, but it just seems to me like if you're going to have to mask up, I know we all don't really want to do it, but heck, if we're talking about your own safety or taking a chance to go see uh, a movie in the moist and damp theater, I'd really only contemplate something like that if I had a proper fitting guaranteed covid resistant mask yep, and not just some rag that i'm throwing on my face mm-hmm. and i just look at what's happening in parts of the world and it's coming here it's not I, i'm not trying to thumb my nose at anybody or say or judge i'm just saying like man if stuff starts to get out of hand and they're refusing to close stuff which is a choice mm-hmm. i think i want to be masked up like proper yeah. And you'd think that that would be a focus of production. Yeah. By companies. Well, you know yeah, what I mean? And you just don't see it being flooded onto the market. I can't I, I can't really comment to that because I've never even tried to look for one. Um so it is what it is, really. Um yeah. all right. Let's talk Black Widow v Disney. Um <laughs> Scarlett Johansson v Disney. Um you know, we've talked about this for a long time. You and Tyler gave WB a lot of shit when it was announced that all the WB releases would be simulcast with um, HBO Max. And then I'm like, why don't you give Disney the same shit? You know, because you guys even cited contracts as the reason why you're yeah. giving WB shit. And I'm like, we don't know what's going on with Disney, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and it's kind of funny because at the end of the day, clearly... One company did a lot more research to their contracts. Um, and, you know, the reason why I always said that was because I, I kind of had this inkling feeling because I remember reading in various places, but you never know. Like, you never really know what's in people's contracts, what's in contracts. But based off of past interviews with some of the MCU actors, like a Chris Evans, like a Robert Downey Jr., you know, a lot of the money that not only were they getting paid a shit ton up front, but the reason why they were able to sign these multi-movie movies was because they were promised a lot off the back end, off the theatrical yep. earnings, which is kind of funny because I have one last comment at the end of this segment, which is going to put a lot into perspective. Um, and essentially, what's happened is Scarlett Johansson has filed a lawsuit in the L.A. Supreme Court because she claims that the day and date release of Marvel's Black Widow on Disney Plus and theaters was a breach of her contract. The lawsuit contends that Disney Plus release siphoned potential theatergoers, causing her potential compensation tied to the theatrical venue. Now, this is mm-hmm. she's not the only person filing lawsuits like this. Like, let's start there. John Krasinski and his uh, wife have also filed a lawsuit against um, the producers and the studio behind A Quiet Place 2 for the same yep. reason. So, you know, the reason why it's huge is because this is 
this is against Disney and it's a Black Widow and it's Scarlett Johansson. But this is something that we're going to see more and more of, in my opinion, um, with this simul release. Like, obviously, you know, some people aren't doing their research. Um, but, you know, this, and, and according to Johansson and her attorneys, Disney's reference to COVID-19 referred to what the company has said has been a motivating factor for the day and date release given the limitations on theatrical movie going because of the pandemic the company's revelation of johansson's compensation also was an unusual on the record disclosure for star movie pay so what happened here was this is now just turned into an absolute mud slinging fight because yep. disney in their response essentially has said homegirl you already got 20 million dollars why do you want more are you you know we have COVID-19 happening. Why do you want more than your $20 million? Constantly referring to her current pay at $20 million and saying that um, her going into litigation is a, and, and I quote, callous disregard to the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay. I'm going to say this, all right? Warner Brothers, at least somewhat, publicly navigated this because we all knew that gail got it and the whole wonder woman thing warner brothers paid her out max to her contract mm -hmm. as if the movie made 300 million dollars mm -hmm. we've both watched wonder woman 84 do you think that's a 300 million dollar movie look it would have made I a shit it, it would have made a it, shit ton at the start yeah but it was a dog pile you know yeah. and it wouldn't be long Regardless. before People figured out that hmm, maybe this doesn't have the legs that it would uh, on a good Wonder Woman movie. But anyhow, I digress. It's theoretical land, but at least they did the right thing from what we know. Mm -hmm. All right. And some of the people pushed back about Dune and then it got quiet again, which means that something got settled in the background. Right. All of these things seem to have quieted down for Warner Brothers because they did something about it. It seems to me Disney tested the waters with Disney Plus and these day and date releases with Mulan and with the Dragon movie. And these are all animated movies that wouldn't have those contracts, right? They, they're mm -hmm. out of market foreign movies and they were releasing out of market foreign in the theaters and they were, they were goose stepping this whole scenario. And then they go and Kevin Feige, obviously not a big fan of throwing this movie on. Disney Plus. This movie was made and contractually agreed to in a time where pandemic wasn't on our minds. Mm -hmm. So I don't blame Scarlett Johansson for wanting to get her payout because yep. for $20 million up front, she was also banking on $30 million at the box office, mm -hmm. which is a way different payday. And then let's not even get into the pay discrepancies of males versus females. Yeah. Right. And even the contracts there within. I think the females have to agree to shittier contracts overall yeah right so she was banking on this and you think you can get tom cruise for 20 million dollars think again and scarlett johansson right now is the top actress one of the top if not the top high on my list i'll go see a movie because scarlett's in it because i like scarlett that much yeah so i just look at all that and i go man disney really put the gas on this they could have solved it really easily by honoring the max payout of contract, yep. which again, we're talking about pennies a glass for Disney, but it just seems to me that, you know, from the rumors that are circulating on the internet, 
that Bob Chapek decided to pick a fight. Yep. Because he's now the CEO of Disney and he wants to prove that the actors work for him. He doesn't work for the actors. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now. And everything that I know is Bob Iger and Kevin Feige are all in arms about this because what this affects is all the franchises going forward, not only in future contracts, but availability of stars. When you look at people like Kevin, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans, right? They're awkward. And, and Mark Ruffio, they're all awkwardly sitting there saying nothing. And then you look at Dwayne Johnson with Jungle Cruise. And what is the one thing that you notice about Dwayne Johnson? Yeah, he's not suing Disney, but he also got credited as executive producer and has a completely different financial association to Disney because of other contracts being held up mm -hmm. and other title credits being paid out. So I just think that not everybody is at that table with equal representation. So as much as the media wants to dissect this and point out what we talked about earlier, that the big bosses are using the media to whitewash a person and say, you're being a son of a bitch and we're going to hang you out to dry. Meanwhile, tapping Dwayne Johnson on the back and saying, but we're not going to expose you. Don't worry about it. I find that that's a little bit deceptive. Well, and I don't know if the media realizes they're being played that way. But oh, I don't think they care. They're getting yeah. clicks. They're getting money out of this. Mm -hmm. What does it matter to them, right? Like mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that's that that's that's the thing here, right? Like it's 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 that's unfortunately that's where we're at with this. But you know what I do find very interesting in all of this is just like you said, it's kind of the people's perception, the optics of everything. Because as you were talking, I decided to read some of the comments um you know there's a comment here that says denzel got 20 million for the little things so disney should pay up um there's a comment here and this is going more in line with what you were saying uh has she had enough money already why does she want more um there's a comment here that i don't like scarlet but you get your money girl I like this comment. What your neighbor has in their bank account is none of your business. And I like that comment because this yeah. is at the end of the day what it comes down to. I don't give a shit how rich she is. She's always going to be richer than me. She's always going to be more pretty than me, I I think. Um, but, mm -hmm. <laughs> but this is a company like Disney manipulating their actors, manipulating yep. the, the waves. Uh, manipulating things in their direction and they so that they can feel like they can do whatever the fuck they want. No, no, yep. no, 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 no. You know, WB took a shit ton of heat. WB worked publicly with, um, you know, uh, like, for example, the director of Dune, for example, you know, a bunch of other people and continue to work with these people, continue to work with even the theaters because it was announced earlier today that in 2022, um, the they will have movies in theaters, but the exclusivity window is shorter. So yep. they're working with people. Meanwhile, Disney thinks because they're Disney, they're going to control things on their terms, regardless of whom you are. You know, this is a very... Uh, you know, I hate bringing this term, but, you know, this is one of the things that a lot of people criticize Donald Trump on, you know, in terms mm -hmm. of 
He refuses to pay people. He's even refusing to pay Rudy Giuliani. You know, this is what these big companies do. They bully people. They bully employees. They bully vendors. They bully anyone who they can because they feel that because they're bigger than you, they don't need to pay up. They don't need to oblige to their contracts. So you know what? You go, Scarlet. You fucking show them. You make them pay the fuck up because if Disney was stupid enough to make these decisions without consulting um, contracts and lawyers to review these contracts, it's their fucking fault. Yeah, and hopefully the court agrees and exposes that. Yeah, this is part of the worry that I had about Chapek and his attitude towards the creatives. And we talked about it and it got dismissed. And we said, you know, we're not really going to know until two years from now. But I think this is the start of that trend, that of, of a very public end of it. I think it's gotten out of the bag way quicker than we would have thought. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Like, you I know, just, and, it just reeks of freaking. Sorry, Phil. Two last things. Yeah. Number one, you know, this also goes hand in hand with what we had talked about back in November, December with. The, some of the authors from their Star Wars books and how they don't want to pay mm -hmm. up, right? Like, this yep. is Disney being Disney. I know it's not the same circumstances, but at the end of the day, Disney thinking that they're Disney, thinking that they can ignore contracts, think that they can do whatever they want. Now, in response to all of this, this is what I wanted to close this part on. Why do you think Mr. Feige has said that they don't plan to sign their actors for multi-movie contracts anymore? Yeah, because these contracts are being shit on and mm -hmm. torn up. What actor is going to want to sign on to this right now? They don't realize how much toilet water they're introducing to the Marvel Universe now. They created the Golden Goose, and then they killed it, right? Potentially, this is the death knell for that, you know, for the Golden Goose. Because how are you going to have any consistency? It's going to be, look at what's happening with Marvel What If. Like and other people are having to come in and voice act because they're, they're not interested. Like Robert Downey Jr. removed all Marvel castmates from his social media. He's not following any of them anymore. Yep. What do you think that means? Like he's like, stay away from me now. He's putting distance on. And I, I don't know. Like, wouldn't it be fun to be able to have an Iron Man cameo or a, a flashback that wasn't already seen or whatever yeah. you know what i mean like there was a lot of potential for stuff to be okay and cool with everyone and i just see the potential now for the shoes to be on the other foot we have dc with discovery in charge saying go creatives and we're not going to have the big at&t interference anymore and then you have disney pivoting their car in the exact opposite direction going and eh, we're just going to be buggers about all of your contracts we're just going to interfere with creatives and we want this meta universe that achieves these toys or this marketing campaign yeah yeah man it's 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 absolutely crazy it's it's crazy um you know and then you know talking closer about the uh um, mcu in general you know we've brought up a lot of the issues that we're having with the mcu with their telling of stories with people, mm -hmm. you know, not having a good jumping on point anymore. You would think 
that after Endgame, it would have been a good jumping on point. But no, they've made the cloud the the waters a little more dirty. The the air is a little more cloudy. It's a little harder to get a sense of what's going on. And then you're trying to introduce things like the multiverse and making that the core of everything, which essentially gives <laughs> you an out for anything and everything. It's a way to that you can even recast some characters like Captain America and you know, an Iron Man, so yep. that they don't have to be Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. I'm just going to throw that one out there. Yeah, um, it's true. You know, and then there's, you know, wh- where's the No Way Home trailer? Why are why are, why are are toys being constantly leaked and released before trailers? Like, this is, the left hand is really not talking to the right hand anymore. And this is something that we would never see from MCU and Marvel and Disney before. But something yep. something major fishy is going on right now because oh, these yeah. things are not being coordinated anymore. Everyone is going rogue. Um, it's just absolutely insane right now. Like, and that for me, this is a specific example. And I was defending MCU and Marvel for the longest time on this. I'm like, yeah, they're doing reshoots. Yeah, the pandemic. Yeah, they might not even think it's coming out right now. But then what are they going to do? Because Doctor Strange comes out shortly thereafter, right? Like... There's something really weird going on right now in the MCU and Disney. I'm telling you, it's the executive cook-up. Um, all the rumors that I'm hearing, if you hear the same rumor over and over again, unless it's Kathleen Kennedy is getting the <laughs> yeah. boot, I'm just going to say it. Like Some of these sites, because it's coming from the Hollywood the you know variety and things like that, like Hollywood established leakers, the people that would actually know instead of somebody who just sits there on a YouTube channel speculating. And it just seems like this executive shakeup is really restructuring a lot of how Disney deals with contracts, reporting, and creative. Like, it's a lot of confusion within the organization. And if you actually read Bob Iger's book, which I have, that was a lot of the stuff that he primarily focused on getting fixed when he took over Disney from all of his time at ABC. Mm-hmm. And these were things that he empowered through his uh, sports career as a broadcaster and whatnot with ABC Saturday Night Sports and all that yep. kind of stuff. So these were all really important focuses. And Chapek has decided that the company needs a completely different reporting function. It's still following that vision of Disney Plus streaming and all that, that Bob Iger, you know, responsibly and, and under the circumstances launched at a brilliant time. But I just think, like, I don't know, man. At the end of the day, I keep on coming back to it and going, I think my money would be better spent if it was available here in Canada on HBO Max versus Disney+. Plus. Yeah, here's the thing also. Um, You know, and and I know I'm being very feisty with Disney and these companies, but some of these corporations need to be put in their place. But let's talk about the world situation right now. There's four months to go until Far From Home. Um, Sorry, uh... Uh, no way home is no released. Way yes. No way home is released. It's right now. It's scheduled for December seventeenth. Spider Man, uh, huh? Spider Man, just but, so people know. Yes, yeah, Spider Man. Spider Man three. Spider Man. Um, December seventeenth. It's supposed to be released. Let's take a look at the world. We've hinted at mm-hmm. it. COVID numbers are going up. <laughs> Mask mandates are coming back. We don't know where we're gonna be in September at this point. September, October. So who knows what the world is going to be like in um, December. So right now, with a major lawsuit happening, with your collaboration and Sony 
like just ready to explode any second, you know that there's a lot of conversations happening right now about how and what they're going to do. So I can honestly see the reason that this movie is not getting a trailer just yet is because they don't want to obviously expose the big secret, the worst kept secret in all of geekdom, um, which is the multiple Spider-Men. Um, and, 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 you know, because they want that to be a huge surprise when the trailer drops. And if the movie doesn't come out December 17th, which doesn't look exactly guaranteed at this point, you just never know, right? There, there's a lot going on. Free guy. Yep. All I can say, look at Ryan Reynolds' movie. You know, they made that parody of an ad where they're like, well, let's just do some voiceovers and record these other dates, like coming at you for this Valentine's Day. And these were all jokes to the cast and crew doing the voiceovers, like coming at you with this Halloween. And you know what? The worst one was the one that's actually happening. It's coming out pretty close to Halloween type yep, thing. Exactly. It's exactly. just hilarious. And they don't want to be in that same Rickroll yep. as that movie. Yeah, because but- I going to be interesting to see how that box office performs if there is one we don't know yeah it could be delayed until things get okay ish again like we don't know what's what's going to happen anyways i think that's that i don't want to keep uh we're going in circles right now i don't want to keep shitting on disney they do send us stuff for free um but no that's 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 beside (laughs) the point i'll shit on anyone especially ign and certain ign (laughs) writers who love to steal our, our our talking points um but having said that Tell us what you think is going on in the entertainment world, and Phil can tell you how to best get a hold of us. Certainly I can. You can track us down on our website at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can look us up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you where you find podcasts you're going to find the It's Canon podcast. And be sure to tell a friend. Tell people. You know, give them a link. Tell them to come and listen to the show. Make sure you subscribe and leave a rate and review if the platform allows for it. Yep. In fact, next week on the show, I'm just waiting for guarantee that I am getting this from a company. Um, it's one, you know, one of those crates, those special mystery crates. I mm-hmm. won't say whom I'm talking to, but I'm talking to someone. They're going to send me one, and I think I'm going to re-gift it to a special listener who leaves us a rate and review. So if leave us start leaving us rates and reviews. I'm going to pick one. You're going to get this mystery crate. We'll talk about it next week. But uh, get those reviews in. At the end of the day, they help you. They will help us. They will help us getting exposure, us getting cool stuff that we can re-gift back to you. So it's a win-win-win. Cookies for everybody. Cookies for everyone. Because it's the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things geek, the podcast where we talk about all things pop culture, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything, because at the end of the day, Phil, it's all in canon. He's Phil. I'm Boris. Good night. <laughs>